And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome in, friends, to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It's a little bit of Week 12 breakdown. I am The Welsh. You can find me on Twitter at IsItTheWelsh, joined by Jake Seeley and Brandon Funston on Twitter, All In Kid. Brandon Funston, there is a lot to break down, maybe potential controversies. So we can only hope there's lots of injuries. And we are inching. I don't even think I realized this until kind of breaking down these past weeks. We are inching very close to the fantasy football playoffs. I know we were there. We're in the double digits now. But with kind of just, you know, the, the bye weeks and the extended uh, the extended week going into week 18, it just kind of threw me off. And I didn't realize that we are two weeks away from a sane person's playoffs. But that's my question, Jake. How sane are you? Do you ever get psycho and go to the very end? Do you start early? What does your playoff structure look like? Because two more weeks and then a normal person should be starting their playoffs. Uh, you're asking the wrong person because we've had this debate on this show for years. And Funston's uh, the insane one who tries to play in that final week. Oh, I have no problem. I, I do rankings for everybody out there. I do waivers for everybody out there. I have no problem making week 18 its own entity. If you want to do a one week, let's do some fun, a $10 okay. thing, just so everybody like a DFS playing. contest or something. Not even a DFS. I mean, because it could be just draft anybody. You could do a draft so nobody can double over. You could do DFS. They, that underdog has that kind of stuff now where it's a very slim roster and you draft, what is it, six rounds or something like that. So there's all sorts of, there's a myriad of ways you could attack week 18. I just don't want it any part of my seasonal. That's why, because there's no way to plan for it. There's no way to plan. Nobody on the earth was projecting that the Vikings could be resting starters in week 18 this year because that was not in the conversation. And that's, that's biggest thing too. And you can flip side it too and say, well, if the Raiders, you know, lose a couple more games and now all of a sudden they say, eh, let's bench Devontae Adams. What's the point? Like, that's why. So, again, I don't mind playing it. I just don't want it part of my seasonal. It's definitely chaos. So, Brendan, what is the what's the extra push? Is it just, hey, the game is here. We like to play it. It's just it's a lot more chaos and it throws everything into a huge old wrench when I mean, really, this week was almost kind of weak. 18-ish, if you will. Like Donovan, kind of Donovan, like yeah, Donovan Knight is out there. The Rams were playing a preseason Ryan. game, essentially. <laughs> exactly. But uh, what's, the, what's the take on going 18? Is there any hard Well, I, I'll tell you that a couple of the – one of the biggest reasons is because what my main league was a 12-team, uh, three divisions of four, play everybody in your division twice, play everybody else in the league once. That's 14 weeks. Then six teams make the playoffs, two mm. buys – you get three weeks, so 17 weeks was exactly the amount of weeks we wanted for that, or that's what you need for that setup. So when week 18 came around, we've kept that same setup, so now week 18 is just like what week 17 was for people back before the extended schedule. But like I used to say, well, you know, hey, you know, why leave meat on the bone? If you're going to manage from day one, you got to manage to the end, and part of winning is not just, 
you know, having the best team, but also managing the best along the way and, you know, taking, you know, hitting curveballs when they come at you. So, but now I'm like, you know, I can't mess with my format. So, yeah, now I'm leaving week 18 wide open. So, <laughs> It's definitely a time to uh, make sure that you guys are getting ready. It just, it, I swear, it just snuck up on me in a couple of my leagues. So I know some of you will have some leagues that you won't have to be starting any rosters anytime soon, which will be my flex league, unfortunately, this year. And there'll be plenty <laughs> of us that need to uh, preemptively start making some of those playoff moves. No, and- you can still play spoiler. Oh, you just mean when the playoffs start, you won't be setting it? Yeah. Anymore? Oh, yeah. I'm saying like oh, okay. you might have okay. a few more weeks okay. of starting your lineup. But I will tell you, okay. and, and maybe this is as someone who's always played in double-digit leagues and does industry stuff and all that, there is a, it's, it's a little cathartic when you do get to the playoffs and you just can release a couple teams into the wild. You're just like, go, live your life alone because yeah. I will no longer look at you and set you. Like You get like three out of the way and then you just cut it down. That, that's kind of a good feeling, a little bit. I mean, you'd like to have all ten. But I mean, yeah. we're not all Jake Seeley. It's nice if you could make those teams into something tangible and then take it out like the, the you know, the printer and office space and just take it out in the middle oh. of the field and just take a bat to it and beat it over and over again. That's why yeah. I feel like doing with a couple teams that have caused me some acrimony. Yeah, it'd be good. Like maybe like one of those like New Year's, you know, New Year's where like they, they'll put something in like the balloon and light it and just let it up. Like we just got to <laughs> let that team go and just let them out. But <laughs> I, uh, make I, all I your preparations. Like the two of you and you made me need some therapy. <laughs> I was I was telling you how, how what my therapy would be. I need to I need to bang something with a bat a few times. Yeah, I'd burn it down, maybe shoot an arrow through it, take it to a bat. I love the printer idea. Honestly, you just take the worst player that really screwed you, put their face on there, and you're like PC load letter, and then just take it out in the you know in the middle of the woods or something like that. That that, that, that is completely healthy, Jake. Stop giving us that look that you're He's giving a very judging look right like, right now like that's not completely normal to just bust just, up a Just printer. another Monday. Yeah, just I guess another, so. Uh, just another Monday with Jake giving that's us judgmental right. looks. <laughs> All right, let's get into the stuff because there's a lot of interesting ones and maybe the biggest one came in the uh, I think it was the late third or early fourth quarter of the final game last night on Sunday night football as Aaron Rodgers suffered an injury and he was already coming in with a broken thumb. We found out about he injured his oblique. Apparently he thought he had punctured his lung because he was having trouble breathing. The word is that they are completely unsure if he could play right now. He's going to be undergoing an MRI and a CT scan. So that is that portion. But Jordan Love came in and looked pretty good. Six for nine, 113 through a touchdown, which if we're being honest, was really just throwing like a 15-yard in route and Christian Watson making every bit of it happen. He did throw one bad pass, but he looked spry, good legs, the good arm. I mean, he should. He's been in that system long enough, just reading the playbook. He got out there. And it's impossible for us to not throw out the idea that there could be some version of a controversy going on here. If you think about everything, uh, Rogers played bad, hurt final time. What are they playing for? They've got a prep love. So Jake, we'll start with you. Do you think there is going to be any real controversy going on between Jordan love and Aaron Rodgers? Like if his CT scan comes back, okay. Do you think they're going to say, why don't you just sit this one out? Let's get Jordan love out there. And then that will cause a whole nother cascading effect. Or is it just Rodgers the rest of the way through, regardless of what Jordan Love does? Mm, it's Rodgers if he's okay until, like, so basically they have to lose games with Rodgers because 9-8 and eight might still get in the playoffs. I mean, they would have to win out, and so they were 4-8 and eight right now. But that's feasible with facing the Bears and the Rams in the next two weeks. So those should be, on paper, 
hopefully wins for them. They get at Dolphins, which is, eh, but then Vikings and Lions at home. The Vikings are much better, but Vikings and Lions at home. I'm not saying I would project this to happen. I'm just saying it's doable. Winning out is doable. Uh, I don't project it. That being said, if the scan comes back, they're going to hang on a little bit of hope. Now, if they lose one of the next two games and you got nine losses in the column, then, you know, we've been dancing around this. Jordan Love could be the future. Do we need to think about the future? Aaron Rodgers almost didn't play this year. Is he going to come back next year? The thumbs and like, and that's where you start to think Jordan Love could be a factor. But I, I would give it, if the thumb comes back and he's out there for, I wouldn't be surprised if he's out there at the Bears for one more week. I mean, that's definitely his game. He loves to destroy the Bears. We found this out this last offseason, too. But, Brandon, one of the things my conspiracy mind goes into is <laughs> he that this— He loves to destroy future quarterback hope, too. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, well, he'll destroy a lot of things, if we're being honest. But, like, my conspiracy brain goes into this space where I think they go, no matter what this is, let's sit this game out because you really need to see Jordan Love. And if Jordan Love plays well— Behind the scenes, I feel like they would just be like, listen, we got to go with love the rest of the way through. We got to see what we have. And that could lead to one of those things where he's all of a sudden like, I'm going to have to see a season ending surgery. I just really need to do this. And it's all behind the scenes and it's not an official benching. But I don't know if it's going to be that dramatic because he is Aaron Rodgers, Brandon. Do you feel any different? Do you think it's going to be Jordan Love the rest of the way through? Or do you think this is just a small blip because of the injury? Yeah, Um that's a good question. I, I honestly, I don't know. I think what we need to really boil it down to what we're kind of talking around is like, what if it is Jordan love, how valuable would he be to us in fantasy Great football? Point. And I think I was just thinking about it. Like, like if, if I knew Sam Darnold was starting the rest of the year, would I want Jordan love or would I want Sam Darnold? And I think I'd want Sam Darnold because Sam Darnold runs. And like, are we going to expect Jordan love to do a better job? as a passer in this green Bay offense and Aaron Rodgers has done to this point, even with the bum thumb. I mean, like, I think there's, there's some things more wrong with green Bay that has caused them to have this record than just Aaron Rodgers thumb, not being hundred percent healthy. So Jordan love doesn't run. I know he's athletic, but he doesn't run. They look at, at any time he's played in the, in, in an NFL game, he's hardly run at all. Sam Darnold runs a lot. And he, there he was calling his own number at the goal line again. So I'm like, yeah, what's the impact? The impact here is maybe that he is a a serviceable back end uh, super flex quarterback. Um, but I think I'd rather have Sam Darnold. See, it's funny that you said that because I was just about to ask, like, if Jordan Love was a starting quarterback, how much further down would he be compared to where Aaron Rodgers was at quarterback? I mean, do any of you guys have a feel? I mean, you kind of just answered that. Like, I, I in my well, mind, Jake. I was just thinking like Jordan Love, I don't think is much different than where you would rank Aaron Rodgers in that same spot because Aaron Rodgers doesn't crack the top 12 anymore. No, he doesn't. So, you know, I think I'd just be in the matchup situation of like Darnold Goff, Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, Jordan Love. Like he's in that conversation and I'll just be playing a matchup at that point. I think the bigger interest here is it's not even just from Aaron Rodgers, but in this game, uh, you guys know how I felt about him going into the season, but I have a feeling that, like, given what happened last week, but even more so this week, that Alan Lazard is potentially, like, out of the equation. Like, it's just Christian Watson. Uh, Randall Cobb is just annoying everything now, including this mm -hmm. backfield. Well, but if Rodgers is gone, one thing you saw when Love came in, Love hit Watson twice. He did hit Alan saying, Watson. Lazard. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, no, I'm like saying Alan Lazard barely. I agree, but like it was just more than what it was game. to that point. <laughs> yeah, he had two catches in the whole game, but half of them technically came from love. My only thing, 
there seemed to be, and again, it could have been that point in the game. That's why you can't pick apart like nine pass attempts or whatever, but like the, the field was spread out a little bit more. The ball was moving a little bit better than it had love. It was, it was very, very tight knit and how it was. So maybe it would be a lot messier, but I don't know. He found Lazard. I agree. Lazard is kind of washed. This is Watson at this point, but if love is in there, maybe there's an opportunity. Those wide receivers are going to get going a little bit more, but it's dicey. I just don't know if it changes a whole lot compared to all of these guys. I mean, Rogers threw two first half picks. He's still not that great anymore. And that's what sucks about it. So getting some new life in, maybe with a bigger ball downfield would open up Watson and, you know, threw a ball to Watson that he was able to get going. So we'll have to monitor that again. There's a CT scan and an MRI all happening that we will probably find out hopefully in the next 24 hours about the severity of it. Gut feeling of mine is that he's not out there for this next game. They can't keep pushing him, can't keep putting him on goofballs or whatever the hell they're putting him on to get out in those games. Get Jordan Love out there because the team with this record, what are we doing servicing Aaron Rodgers to this level? Like, Figure out if Jordan Love is anything and move on to next year. Jets would have been really good to do that with Zach Wilson early on, and that is still looming over them, and we're going to figure that out and talk about that here in just a little bit. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Josh Jacobs went off on Sunday, 303 total yards. He had 229 on the ground with two scores, setting the uh, single season Raiders record. He also caught six for 74. Uh, he was the only, he was the fourth player, I guess, in Super Bowl era with 300 scrimmage yards and two touchdowns. And he had an 86 yarder in overtime to win the game. Uh, this isn't, there's not a pointed question. I think we should talk about the biggest fantasy impact, but it was really interesting reliving Brandon, that whole like preseason gonna cut type of thing. And the Raiders offense exists around two players, Devonta Adams, Josh Jacobs, that's it. And he put up a, a, a huge winning week, a, defi- a fantasy defining factor type of a week. I think uh, Bogman in a PPR league scored, he scored like 48 points with Josh Jacobs. It was wild. Uh, yeah. And it was, a, it was a horrible defensive effort from Seattle, but like, you know, Josh Jacobs has been, you know, kind of to your point, he's been way more, way less of a worry than a lot of people thought he was going to be this year. And he looked great. I mean, that, that run at the end for the touchdown, he literally didn't have a finger. He, he ran, up the middle, untouched, all the way down the field. So whatever that was, 80 yards or whatever it was, it was literally not one finger laid on him. But I, watching him the whole game, it was, you know, he, he was great. I, I think uh, something to mention here is it's, if you have Josh Jacobs, you probably want to get Zamir White because, you know, it's just like with Joe Mixon and anybody else. He's another one of these guys. You start to head into the playoffs. You're leaning on this guy. If, if Jacobs goes down, yeah, there'll be some Amir Abdullah. But 
Demir White probably is a recipient of all those carries. He's the number one scoring uh, running back after this past week with 222 points and half point PPR, the number one guy averaging over 20 points, which uh, I'm looking at and there's nobody else that's in that range. There's not really a who it, it, it doesn't work with a who'd you rather this season, but I am curious, Jake on a who'd you rather next season. This will probably, I mean, this is just a warm up. Josh Jacobs or Alvin Kamara. Forget the suspension. No idea. For a minute. No, yeah, no, because, because it was also Josh, Josh Jacobs is also free agent. So Jacobs question mark. I mean, who the hell knows? I mean, we also depends on the, like the quarterback. I mean, why well, want James back? We want James back for Kamara. Everybody thought, well, Kamara was bad forget, news. let's not forget that Kamara's they've kicked his suspension down the road. So that, that's well, still what I said. Yeah. He yeah. said that. Yeah. He said the suspension too. So like, I mean, I guess Jacob's assuming somebody's going to give him some money to be a lead somewhere. I mean, there's opportunities across the league, depending on what happens after the draft. But the worst case scenario is he ends up being like a Melvin Gordon, like he was that being the Melvin Gordon, like two or three years ago with the Broncos, oh, yeah. where <laughs> finishes top 20, 25 in a split. So I guess that's worst case scenario. So knowing that, I guess you would say Jacob. So my biggest thing was I, I, I considered him a sell high because I thought the Raiders would just be, I'm out of here, come week 15 and start evaluating, as Funston said, Zamir White, start evaluating, like, do we move on from Derek Carr because we're drafting at the top of the draft? We're getting Stroud, Young, somebody like that. So, I mean, I just might, Jacob's playing for a new contract. It's it's a lot of scenarios here, but I, I guess that we just got to keep him as an RB1 because he's not stopping until they stop him. Yeah, and this year with the Raiders, again, the only offense runs through them. Do you think, Brandon, next year, Josh Jacobs, even without knowing the destination, is going to be a solid RB1? Or do you think all of these factors come in that Jacobs is going to maybe live in like an Aaron Jones type of range? Maybe like those two are kind of in the same space. Yeah, you know, it's pretty hard, I think, at this point in NFL, in this current version of the NFL, to go somewhere and just be the guy and, you know, you're going to get your – you know, right away, you're just going to get your 20 plus touches per game. Like, I, I just feel like someone's going to sign him, but there's a, you know, there's a tag along that goes with it. So, yeah, I think Aaron Jones in a best case scenario. I mean, like, let's just try to imagine who who could sign him and it would just say, you know what, you're our guy. You're, you know, we're going to get you close to 20 touches every week. Um, I mean, does Carolina do that? Deonta Foreman, they keep rolling with him. Um, Denver, maybe if Javante, I, I don't know. I mean, it's Kansas City. Kansas City would be interesting. And I thought Kansas City was the first one that came to mind, but also kind of to your point, like, do you think about the draft? There's also, you know, a, a cheaper cost that you can throw at running backs in the draft and look at some of the big return that's there. It, it is very tough for these guys to get these big contracts. You have to have these big type of uh, outputs. And he did that, though. 300 yards. It's a, It's really a fantasy changing space within the last couple of weeks going into the playoffs for him to put up 300 total yards. I just wanted to mention that 229 on the ground. Um, the jets magic, Mike white, three fifteen, three touchdowns. Garrett Wilson hauled in five for 95 and two scores. Elijah Moore even got one in there, which was wild. And we also saw uh, Michael Carter go down with an ankle injury and Zonovan Knight, bam Knight came in and was able to be pretty functional. So line of questions, Jake, does Zach Wilson take this job back at all this season for Mike White? <laughs> Softball. Mm, yeah. I mean, well, no, because I mean, the, the, the answer is possibly. I mean, like if Mike White bombs in any game, 
there's the opening to go back to Zach Wilson. He's still in his second year. He's still, you know, look, whether or not you disagreed with me or whether or not, if you were a fan or not a fan, I wasn't a fan. People were a fan. The Jets were a fan. Whether No matter what side you stand on, and this is coming from somebody who is not a fan of Zach Wilson, you still spent the second pick on him. It's still only a second year. Stranger things have happened. If Mike White goes out there and throws three picks, 150 yards, and looks miserable, the door just opened to go back for every excuse possible. Let's be honest. Robert Sala and the team probably want a reason to try to give Zach Wilson one more chance. Like, just because of the future of Mike. Mike White, can he be a serviceable career backup in the NFL? Absolutely. Maybe he shocks us and becomes more than that. I I really don't know. The only problem with that is that Zach Wilson's lost the team. Like that wasn't the case before. Like you, you, I totally agree with what you're saying with the young quarterbacks. Like you don't want to give up. It, it's not advantageous for the team to give up on the investment and everything like that. But like that dude has completely lost that locker room. What happens to the locker room if they switch back to Zach Wilson? I don't think it's going to go over te- well. Th- because the team has to be in on it. And it's like he's, he wouldn't be the first quarterback. to. Lo- Sam Darnold was with this team and lost half the locker room. And they went back to him like it's, it's, he wouldn't be the first player to ever lose a locker room or get, you know, people mad at him on his team. And then things change and people grow. He's still a kid. He's still a very young player in the NFL. He wouldn't be the first one to make mistakes. So I'm just saying, is it the end all is is Zach Wilson's career over in the Jets? No, but it's Mike White until he fails. That's the thing here is it's Mike White until Mike White fails. I'm, I'm kind of just like, but sometimes we just know on a quarterback like Josh Rosen really didn't get much more of an opportunity than when Zach Wilson's got to this point. He had 14 games as kind of the lead in Arizona. He had six games. The second he lost year. the locker room. People talked he, about him being an he honorary. He lost the locker room, but he's blank. gone. I mean, he's gone. He, I mean, he, he played. But he got multiple chances. He went. He had one chance in Arizona. They traded him to Miami. He had six games in Miami, and he was basically done. He did, he He's played four games as a backup in Atlanta last year. That was it. So, I mean, yeah, I mean he his had chances 20... came with other teams. Well, that might be Zach Wilson's, you know, path. Because I, I, I just think, you know, you're two years in. I don't know that, you know, the, the precedent kind of lately has been that this is about the time where you're like, you move on after, you know, they've tried for the better part of two years. And if they're not seeing it, I don't think they're going to go back to him next year. Yeah, sometimes you understand the mistake. Okay, so level two. Garrett Wilson under Mike White, Brandon, is Wilson back to being a solid wide receiver too in fantasy that you don't have to worry about? Or is it a little bit like further down just because we don't trust Mike White quite yet? Well, Garrett Wilson was good with Joe Flacco. He's good in his first game with Mike White. Um, And he actually had a few decent games with, with Zach Wilson. So given the state of the wide receiver world where it's really hard to find a rock solid top 24, you know, from one to 24, I'd say, yeah, Garrett Wilson is, 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 is as good a bet inside the top 24 at wide receiver than, a, you know, than a lot of other people. And I would absolutely put him there. Consensus had him at 29 this past week going in. And I think that kind of pushed a little bit towards the end. Jake, do you agree or disagree on the Garrett Wilson being a wide receiver too solid moving forward? There's no question about it, too, is whether or not he's in the conversation to start pecking on that wide receiver one door again. And he still My was God. a two. It was just it was an inconsistent two. He's, what was the difference between Garrett Wilson with Zach Wilson and mm, Gabriel Davis? It was an inconsistent two. But overall, you're like, I know what the upside is and I know the floor 
is pretty bad, but he was still in the two conversation. I think that now he's on the upper end of the two conversation. I think the clear usage here is the fact that Garris Wilson, you give him some competent quarterback play and he's going to be a top 20 guaranteed, potentially top 15, top 12 is where he starts. Kind of like, uh, kind of like in the same uh, tier boat as Chris Olave. I think, you know, yeah, that's yeah, interesting exactly. because Wilson was making a lot of play. He's he looked like he was making more plays in the open field in this one. It looked like with more of a pocket quarterback and a little bit more trust in that he was able to move around the field a little bit more. Reads were getting better and he was able to make some plays happen. Actually, similar to I think like what's going on with Christian Watson. He's just able to get out in the open field a little bit more, get some plays and get some yak. And that's where Garrett Wilson is get benefiting even more. Get some yak. And finally, Michael Carter as I mentioned, had an ankle injury. We don't know if he's going to miss time. He did miss the game. They healthy scratched James Robinson before the game. So when Carter went out, Zonovan Knight came in, and the snap count ended up being 49% in favor of him. And Ty Johnson only cracked, I think, around 15%, even with the injury. So here, uh, yeah, he, he just kept his complete role. So the question is, Jake, if Carter is out, is it Zonovan Knight, or is it going to be James Robinson? We got to find out what the hell happened with James Robinson. Like, honestly, that's the mystery. I mentioned this on all in football. I sat there with my buddy watching this being like, there's got to be something like there's something going on here, whether it's maybe he tweaked something on Friday and they just didn't really say anything or like, ah, you just give you the day off. I don't know. Maybe the evaluation of night with Mike White and they want the rhyming. I don't know who the hell knows the, the James Robinson. Just it's weird. He he was not looking as explosive, but it's not like he was terrible with the Jaguars before they traded him. He comes here, they trade for him, they use him a little bit, and then all of a sudden inactive. Like, it's just, it's a weird situation. There seems to be something up with James Robinson. So, you know, we'll have to watch the reports throughout the week. Hopefully some Jets Beach reporters can kind of give us what's going on inside the locker room. But if James Robinson's out of the equation and Michael Carter's hurt, the answer is night because he's better between the tackles. He's good at breaking through that first line. Uh, I wrote him up there in the draft. He was kind of in the other tiers of players because the problem with him is he's not great at the end of the attack. Like the big guys, once they get a hold of him, he goes down. But he can fit this system. I kind of, kind of Tevin Coleman, decent pass catcher. Not as great as some people might think on overall, but better than some people might think from watching him in college. All that being said, I think Tevin Coleman, who's played on this team, actually could be, isn't he still on the team? Could be activated. Anyway, I think that between the tackle slasher, some some wiggle, some movement here is on Knight. Ty Johnson's role is not going to change. That's the answer. So it's either James Robinson or Zonovan Knight. 14 carries, 69 yards, three catches for 34 yards. So he's able to put up a 100-yard performance, and it might be enough if they're out on James Robinson. So let's just go off of that scenario, Brandon. If it is just Zonovan Knight and then Ty Johnson and James Robinson is inactive or cut or whatever it is because Michael Carter's out, I mean, how much confidence are you going to have in Zonovan Knight after this performance? Well, I mean, it's a, it's been a pretty fertile backfield. It's it's not a bad place to be the running back, especially if you have some versatility and catch the ball, and it looks like he has. I didn't really have any idea who Zonovan Knight was going into uh, this week, so I was going to throw everything about Zonovan Knight to Jake because I know he covered him in his draft process, but I didn't go that deep. But, you know, I don't really care. It's it's really about opportunity. And if you have some versatility, you're getting an opportunity. We've already seen some context, put up some good numbers in relief. So, yeah, I mean, where, where am I? You know, he's not going to be in my RB2 mix, but he's certainly going to be in the RB3 mix, uh, I think, if we're, if we're talking. Maybe 
on a level with where Michael Carter was, maybe not quite as high, but uh, but pretty close. Uh, six receptions to running backs over three of them. Michael Carter had two early ones. Ty Johnson ended up only having one, and Zonovan caught three. So something to keep in mind that Mike White did get the ball to those running backs, which you wanted to see, and Michael Carter would have smashed some of his uh, prop bets had he just been out there. Unfortunately, he got hurt. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go over to the Bucks. Rashad White, because Leonard Fournette was out, went 14 of 64, but caught nine balls for 45 yards, a very quintessential Leonard Fournette line. So the question is, is when he's back, when Fournette is back, could this situation mirror at all a maybe Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris from last year where Rashad White is going to play maybe that Stevenson role, and then you're still going to get some annoyance from Fournette? Or do you think it could maybe look more like this year? Brandon, Rashad White uh, wasn't phenomenal, but boy, played the role exactly of what they needed. And they didn't go back on any veterans. I think they activated Gio Bernard. You had Keyshawn Vaughn's nothing, but he's been in this offense anymore. And I think it was all but seven snaps went to Rashad White. They put complete trust in the rookie across the board. That says a lot to me. What's What does it say about you with Rashad White and that kind of comp I was throwing out? Yeah, no, I think it's there's something to that. It could be the, the Patriots. You could look at Dallas and there's Rashad White, Tony Pollard, although you know already Tampa has shown a, a willingness to give him more than maybe Dallas wants to give Tony Pollard. So um, Maybe a better one is that he's like Aaron Jones and Leonard Fournette might just be more of the A.J. Dillon where we we see less of Leonard Fournette in the passing game, but we might see him as a goal line guy and as a guy that does some of the the between-the-tackle stuff. I I think there's a lot of comps out there, but the one thing I'll just say is I don't think that when Leonard Fournette is healthy that they're just going to sit him. I think he's coming into some kind of a meaningful role that takes away from Rashad White and what we saw this last week. To the level, I'm not sure, but I would, I would definitely, I would definitely consider Rashad White the one here, and that you know 
Leonard Fournette is something secondary of him. How how far back he is of White, we'll have to see. But it seems like it's White's backfield now. Jake, will you consider Rashad White the one, even when Leonard Fournette comes back, like as a trustworthy one? No, I'm on the other side. I'm not changing from where I stood. I actually made that Dallas comp before when then they were out there in Germany. I'm sticking with it. I still say it's Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott. And as much as people want Pollard to be the thing, as we just saw happen with the Cowboys, Zeke is still the one. Is is it essentially really not even a 1A, 1B, and it's more of a 2A and a 2B because of how big the split is I know for like what we're going to play with numbers and whatever it might be? The problem is, like it's not a bad thing. It's just Fournette's still the one. Like If Fournette's healthy, that's who they still trust. The big thing here that I go back to, uh, you kind of touched on it, but they didn't mention the number behind it. White was 8 for 11 rushing in the th- second, third, and fourth quarter. Like, the first quarter after that, like, the rushing wasn't there. And I'm not saying White's terrible. I'm not saying the offensive line doesn't have something to do with it because it has something to do with Leonard Fournette, too. But that's why I'm not putting the stink on Leonard Fournette previously to this. I think they have their answer in White and that he is Tony Pollard and that we can sit here and I agree with Funston that it should be. And I agree we sat here, the jokes aside from Tony Pollard being Chuck Norris, we can all sit here and watch and say, you can't tell me that running back is not better than that running back. But it comes down to the why go with one all the way when you can trust these roles that work. It's working for the Cowboys. It continues to work for them to continue to use Zeke as that option. So Maybe the split is 55-45 with a few more touches going one way, but I still think it is. this is exactly the Dallas Cowboys. Also, well, so here's the, the question, though. Who's, here's the question, though. If we're calling Rashad White, Tony Pollard, and we're calling Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, if you have the choice right now between Tony Pollard or Ezekiel Elliott for the rest of the season, who are you taking? In you fantasy, I'm taking the one with the goal line carries. I'm taking Zeke and Fournette, unfortunately. I, If you told me real life, yeah, I'm taking the other two, but – when it comes down to it, it's it's going back to last year. It's the and I'm not coming for Funston to be like, ha, I told you on Pacheco, you could still disagree with me. But it comes back to the argument with Pacheco last week who had comp to Damian Harris last year. It's like I'm still going to take the one who finishes higher, who finishes with the touchdowns. We don't like to you say it all the time, Funston. We don't like to bank on touchdowns, but when the touchdowns are there, it's hard to ignore them. I, I'm not saying that I'm right and you're wrong because at the end of the season, it could be, let's say from here on out, it could be Rashad White's 15 and Leonard Fournette's 18. You're right. And technically, but they're both good. I think that's what we really need to focus on is they're both good. Yeah. It's just the bucks aren't really. Did that I have a, that's only I, the I thing I'd focus on. Did I have disparaging things to say about Isaiah Pacheco? I don't remember that because I actually thought I was in the, Pacheco. No, I was much higher on him. And I tried to say, isn't he Damian Harris? And you were like, ah, oh, maybe still. And you were like, you were, you, I, I, tr- I was trying to get you to pull him higher. Yeah, like I said, that's why I wasn't coming for you. It's not like you were down on him. I'm just right. saying, like, okay. for that for the comparison. Brandon, can I ask you a question? Why do you not like Isaiah Pacheco? Why do you hate him? <laughs> why do you hate him? Because yeah, he only has one A him? in his first no, name? We don't have time to get into it yet. So okay, just wanted to make sure. Just wanted to check. All right, uh, a couple more. Then I want to get to some injuries, and we got to get to the waivers. This one I just think is worth talking about. Hopefully you guys agree. Damian Pierce was held to five carries for eight yards. He had three catches for eight yards. Last week, 10 carries for eight yards, two carries for nine yards. He has not gone over 10 yards rushing or receiving in two straight games. Here's my worry. The upcoming schedule for the Texans is as follows for the next three weeks, two of which are going into the playoffs. The other two are in the playoffs. Cleveland, Dallas, Kansas City, and Tennessee. There's not a lot of lead up or lead room for the Texans to like ever be up. I might even argue that they'll never have a lead in these four games. 
And we're kind of seeing what's going on with the Texans when they're not getting a lead. They're no longer going to Pierce, and that's a problem. Can Pierce be a starting running back when they're behind anymore, Jake? Are you going to trust Damian Pierce? Did you not see the picture I put out yesterday, which no. fortunately got a hell of a lot of likes, and then only I only angered one person, apparently, by making this joke. But like, I did a gravestone, and it was Damian Pierce, September 25th to November 13th, 2022. <laughs> Uh, November 13th was the Giants game two weeks ago. You can do the quick math on that. I didn't see it, no. Yep. The last two games, and this is, like, I'm not taking a victory lap on this. I was concerned about Damian Pierce. I didn't think it was going to be this bad. And the concern was the passing game, and the concern was the Texans' offense is still the Texans' offense. I did not think it was going to be the point where you might not even be able to use Damian Pierce. It's hard when somebody's getting that kind of work, the difference is at least David Montgomery, even with whoever the quarterback may be, gets the work in both facets of the game. Uh, you could say another question when Khalil Herbert comes back might mix things up for them. But until that point, I'm going to give him one more week because the matchup does not get much better than this. It is Cleveland. That is a top three run your running backs the hell against them all day long. So hopefully this will be the tell game. This is the answer right here. Start him as an RB2. You can't even get close to RB1 conversation. You might not even be able to start him. You might, your team might be good enough that you can bench Damian Pierce. But if you're going to give him one more chance, if he doesn't even finish inside the top 25 against the Browns, it's you can't trust him after Brent, that. There's if, no way on if, if Michael Carter is out, who do you want next week? Do you want Damian Pierce or Zonovan Knight? Pierce. I want Pierce. I, 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 agree with, I agree with Jake. It's, you know, we're, we're, we're living in a recency bias kind of, uh, point of view here and because they were like one seven and one going into these last two weeks they played with you know deficits all year long and Damon Pierce has plenty of games where they lost by you know more than a touchdown in which he put up great numbers but I, I always say look at three is kind of a you know that's if, if it's three three weeks in a row and it's against this Cleveland defense has been terrible against running backs and Damian Pierce doesn't show us anything then I think it's yeah we're we're seriously going to be you know sounding the alarms because that's bad. I I I want to push back a little bit on overreacting to two weeks in a row, but yeah, a third week against the soft defense, something's going on. Yeah, and the scheming is a bit of a problem. Uh, also, a throw out here is the last one, and then we'll burn through these other things. Just saying. Kind of a revenge narrative because Deshaun Watson oh will God. be eligible. I just saying, not saying he's eligible to return for this game. Let's see what happens. But here's the question Brandon, are you putting Deshaun Watson right back out into it? Top 10 QB after not playing for God knows how long on eligibility. Mm, I haven't looked at the QB field, but he's probably going to be close. I have, I'm not the Texans. Yeah, it's the Texans. I'm assuming I'll have him in ranked in the upper half, in the top 15, I'm guessing. Um, I would imagine I, it's kind of unprecedented. Michael well, here, Zelfin, well, hold on. Here what a, we do. You know what we do on my show, right? When we're trying to figure out where he ranks. Oh, come pro, on. Come on, Welsh. You should know there. what we do. What do you know what we do when we're trying to figure We make a list. There you go. <laughs> you just do it. Look, Josh Allen's one. You just run through this. Josh Allen, we're starting Hertz, starting. Lamar Jackson, even with his struggles, yes? Over yeah. Sean Watson? Uh, okay. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, no question. Joe Burrow, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Dak mm-hmm. Prescott, yeah. yes? Yeah. yeah. We're gonna have to start Justin Herbert, yeah. We're going to have to start throwing out Tua. opponents here pretty soon. Tua, well, yeah. All Tua. these are yes. Yep. G- Gino? 
Mm, I mean, yeah, that's a Gino line. gets that's a line. Gino uh, Gino against the Gino Rams. Against Rams. Tom Brady at home against the Saints. No, I'm I'm done with Tom Brady. You're, yeah, I oh, think I. I think, no, I'm I'm the ra- I think I'm in the range here. The, the Gino-Tom yeah. Brady is starting to get feel like the right range. And what is that? You what do, number, where do we get on the numbers? You do, that was about 9, 9, 10. So you were, we're having the conversation at 9, 10. Jimmy Garoppolo against the Dolphins at home. Ooh, I love <laughs> that matchup. I think, you know what? I'm probably leaning Jimmy on that one because I think that's going to be a big Let's see, we're in the conversation from yeah, we are in the conversation. Jimmy, Jimmy seems like a very safe 252. I mean, he's basically been yeah. doing that all year long. Like, I want that safety over a, a bit of an unknown with Deshaun. So I'm probably going Jimmy, and we're probably talking about him in this 11 to 14 range, probably. Here's, yeah. here's a big one. Justin Fields, not 100% against Green Bay at home, or Deshaun Watson in his first game against Houston. I mean, I just, you, you look at how Green Bay just gets sliced and diced when anyone runs the ball, I just feel like Justin Fields is going to go over a thousand total yards on the year. Cause I believe he's up at 800 <laughs> right now. He's going to crack a thousand on that one. They so I think that's close. That. I think you're right in there. I think you're right in the space. It's somewhere between nine and probably 14 somewhere in there. And it's going to be your level of risk and probably what else you have out there. Uh, for I tell you what, I start him over Daniel Jones against Washington. Well, yeah. I would also probably do that. So Deshaun Watson, a very, very favorable matchup. Looks like there might be some startability. couple injury notes real quick. Travis Etienne avoided uh, any major injury. He was actually told that he could return. Well, he could have returned, but the team was like, now nah, let's just hold you back. So yeah, there's no major concern there. Yeah, I don't know what the whole deal with that was. Um, Allen Robinson is going to miss the rest of the season with a foot injury. Darnell Mooney, the fear is he's going to miss the rest of the season with an ankle injury. So watch that. And Eli Mitchell is uh, just soft as can be, suffering another MCL strain. They are hopeful that it is not as serious as the other one. It's the other knee, too. It's the other. I mean, like, you just got to keep breaking all the stuff. That doesn't help that it's the other one either. So this, at least for fantasy purposes, gives... You know, gives a little bit more clearance for CFC. No, because it'll be Jordan Mason, and then no, right, no they the ones. Be more Tevin Coleman on this, the Forty Niners. More Debo and no, Debo got banged runner. up too. Yeah, everybody got banged up in the Niner game, though. I mean, every single, even Christian McCaffrey was favoring his knee a little bit. Um, there's a little bit of worry that they might need to monitor him, and it could be a tiny bit. Jordan of Jordan Davis Mason. Price is back. <laughs> Good lord, I can't even do any of this. So that's some of the big injury news you guys are dealing with, and obviously we're waiting on Aaron Rodgers, and that takes actually to a very very interesting take on the waivers because the Travis Etienne stuff may or may not have adjusted some of these. So Jake, let's start with you. What is your top waiver wire preview for uh, the upcoming week look like? Yeah, Hasty would be in the conversation if that you know that's the ETN situation. Although I think Snoop Connor could get involved too. I'm not going to be like go crazy. Like if you know we have positive news right now, it wouldn't be the first time it's like positive news, and all of a sudden day later it's oh he's done for the year or like out four to six yeah, weeks. Did we like, mention by the way that he also <laughs> broke his ankle? Sorry, we yeah, that. what it's somebody that happened just a few weeks ago where it was like everything's like oh you avoided major injury. This oh he's out for four weeks. Like I forget who it was. It was something. I know what you're like talking that. about. They're like yeah, no, they're like who it's okay, and then it was IR. I know exactly. Yeah, I can't think of the name either, though. So anyway, uh, let's let's assume that ETN's fine. Then running back for me would be Zonovan Knight. We already talked about Kyron Williams, even though I want nothing to do with the Rams. And I said that last week and I said, but I would still take a flyer that Williams ends up being the guy. And are you guys no, proud of me? I didn't even bring up the Rams like at all. I didn't. Even no, I know you didn't. Yeah, because well, because you did not because Cam Akers didn't go for 80 yards. You were going to say like, that's <laughs> I how you were going to 100% would have if <laughs> so, he had done so it. How high is Kyron Williams on roster percentage? Do you know? 
Uh, that's oh, a good he's question. Not, I'll, he's, I'll look right now. I don't even think so he's take 30. Take a guess. What do you guys? Yeah, what do I say? What do you guys think? I say I'll bet 30, you, 30, I'll bet he's under 15 percent. Oh, you guys are going under 15. Too high. I'll bet you he's under 15 percent. 15 percent. No, he's got to be higher than that. People are yeah. excited, like paying. Okay. Okay. Uh, so what are your numbers? What are your? You I was saying 30, in the 30s. I was. I was saying like 37, 38. 37 that I, I hold on wait wait are we playing prices play right? right yes we are playing prices right oh then i'll take 30 in the nose because i'm going to take the under the 37 38 check this out 36 <laughs> percent prices right that in your money. face that is money 36 okay i was wait, i thought he'd be lower <laughs> um so anyway th- those would be the ones if you need wide receiver it's Traylon burke's breakout is finally here i still don't want him as anything more than a wide receiver three or four it's still the titans it's still low passing volume uh, in the similar conversation, if you want the floor, Zay Jones. Is, I feel like Zay Jones has been on waiver since week one. I feel like he's been in my waiver. I got. I got to go back and look. He might have been in the waiver column all twelve weeks of the season so far. But anyway, the flyer I'll throw out there at the bottom. It's just white because I don't know if you guys knew where I'm going with this. It, go back to the conversation. I definitely think that there still is a chance Zach Wilson plays. But if you need a quarterback. Two stash and Jimmy Garoppolo's stash. Trevor Lawrence a stash. Also terrible schedule for Trevor Lawrence. But Mariota stashed. Like if you're looking for, hey, I need. We we keep saying this on the show. Get a backup quarterback. You don't want to wait till week 17 and have to go grab Trevor Simeon on something like that. If all the Flyers are out there, that's. I mean, Mike White has the highest ceiling of the Flyers on the QB waiver wire. For sure. Brandon, um, who do you got on this list where, you know, what is agreed and what differs? I see a little bit of agreement, but I also see a couple of the sneaky ones on there. Uh, well, the sneaky yeah. one should have been yeah, sneaky, know. sneaky. So, oh, so I'm, look, at, I'm basically going to mirror. I, like, I don't really like Jermichael Hayes. I don't think he's a great runner. Uh, I think we saw that a little bit when you replaced ETN's good in the passing game. But like, I'm kind of glad ETN's fine because I just not I'm not. Down Didn't want to go for Snoop Connor. <laughs> I didn't want. I didn't want to get involved in Jamichael J- Hasty hype. So, uh, but I agree on on Zonovan Knight because, as we mentioned, all the stuff we talked about earlier, New York's been a pretty good place for a running back uh, so far this year. Um, and so, I would be down with him as the number one guy if if Michael Carter is out. Agree on um, Burks and Zay Jones. The, the couple that I had down at the bottom, they're actually saying Jameson Williams could play this week. <laughs> That's so. And I know Jake's been talking Jameson Williams forever. Like that's the one I just for- saw that that had that's the one I flipped out about when I saw he was there. Is, what is he Jameson? He's in the thirty. I think he's in the thirty percent. Thirty nine percent? Are you kidding on me? Yahoo. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, wide open opportunity opposite of Monroe St. Brown. <laughs> if I don't want to give Chris work, I would curse right now. I'd say, "What the <laughs> blank are you guys doing out yeah, here?" Toward the end. Yeah. Yeah, and I mentioned Elijah Moore last week that like maybe Mike White can unlock Elijah Moore. They're playing him in the slot. They started actually giving him snaps again. He only had two catches, but he had 40 yards and a touchdown, and he did make a well, splash. Well, let me ask you this. Had, so. yeah. I'm not – this isn't like a gotcha. I just want to ask your question because I talked about this on my show, and I said even with this, I would stash for the upside. He was yeah. fifth on target percentage at 7%. He was behind Conklin behind Corey Davis, like the running back backfield. And so does that change your opinion at all? Or you, because I'm, I'm with you, but I think it's just, I'm not starting him next week. I'm still only stashing him because of that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in the same boat as well. And actually okay. Okay. it's, it's more that I was, had Elijah Moore on a few teams and was considering cutting him. And now it's just kind of, just <laughs> a, it's kind of just a hold play right here at this point. 
Well, friends, if you guys are looking for more waiver wire stuff, you can get it over at The Athletic from Jake's article. That'll be popping up uh, late Tuesday night, depending where you are in the country, into Wednesday morning. Make sure you're subscribed. I think they got a great deal going on. I think it's like, what, like a dollar a month? dollar a month for 12 months. months. Cheaper Crazy. than a cheeseburger from Five Guys, and I'm not kidding. It's cheaper no, than a Five Guys over cheeseburger. Over 12 bucks? Yeah, it's over 12 brutal. attacks. Oh my I just, God, I said this on my show this morning. Nicole and I went there like, oh, we're in the mood for Five Guys. Shared the small fry, two cheeseburgers, small fry, two drinks. Thirty-eight effing dollars. Oh my God, <laughs> what that guy's the worst. Good food, but it's so expensive. That's they, they, going back to my burger ranks, Funston. They're, they're moving down the list. Yeah, I, yeah. I said they go up by a dollar every time I go back, and apparently I missed a couple trips. Yeah, start putting some gold like on those YouTube videos. <laughs> they eat these gold burgers. That's ridiculous. Well, you guys can get for twelve bucks for an entire year. You can get the Athletic, and that has Jake's ranks in there and all the great stuff that you can check out on the article. Follow him on Twitter, All In Kid. Follow Brandon at Brandon Funston and myself at Is It The Welsh. We will be back later this week for some Week Thirteen action right here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Until then, friends, talk to you next time. Bye bye.